Welcome to Dot Who Podcast. I'm Addison. And I'm Medina. And today, this week, we're going to be talking about... The Keys of Marinus. So, what do you know about The Keys of Marinus? I know it's six episodes long, and takes place on Marinus, I think. <laughs> there are some keys And there in are it. some keys. I think it's, from the title, it does sound like it's, from what I've gathered, it seems to be a bit of a scavenge hunt situation. Hmm. Finding the keys of Marinus, for some reason or another. What do, what do you know? Not too much. I... Moyo, it's written by Terry Nation. It's his second story. Okay. Um, I've not seen it. Um, I believe there is an acid ocean. It's also part of my awareness. Okay. I believe there are keys, and there is the the Vord. 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 How do you spell that? V o o r d. We will we will find out, we'll find and out. I'll let you know how you pronounce this long word. But it was basically attempt number one at recreating the popularity of the Daleks. And you kind of see this a lot. Something will come up and you go, this is the next big thing. It's never the next big thing. I've never heard of it all. It's not the best next I think they've, thing. they've been in a couple of comics, a couple of audios. Okay. I think there is an audio of Morgan, actually. Right. Technically, they struck gold with the Cyberman, though, whatever they bring mine. Yeah. So eventually they had to extract gold with Just at the, the complete end of Willy Bartles. <laughs> yeah. They struck gold at the beginning at the end. And the middle, actually. Oh, yeah. The monk. Oh, yeah. Every, oh, everyone knows the monk. Well, you say that. I do know who... I've, I've heard of the monk, but it's not in the same league not as Daleks and Cyberman. No, Nowhere not near. Anyway, we're going to head off and watch these episodes, and we'll come back and give a review. All right. See you soon. Right, see you soon. Bye. Hello. We're back. Hello, yeah, we're back. We just finished episode six. Yes, and there were six episodes this time, so we were we, we, we right, weren't blind. Clear. We weren't blindsided. We got yeah. a final. Huh? There's one more here. It resolved when we expected it to resolve. Yes, it, it was. It was good. Okay, so I think we're going to kick this off with a um, with a synopsis read from um, the official TARDIS wiki, and we'll see how um, well it holds up to this. Uh, the TARDIS arrives on the planet Marinus on an island of glass, surrounded by a sea of acid. The travellers are forced by the elderly Arbitan to retrieve four of the five operating keys to a machine called the Conscience of Marinus, of which he is the keeper. These have been hidden in different locations around the planet to prevent them from falling into the hands of the evil Yartek and his evolved warriors, who plan to seize the machine and use its originally benevolent, mind-influencing power for their own sinister purposes. And that's right, it is pronounced Vord. Vords. Vords. The wetsuit people. The wetsuit people. How would we describe them? They have flippers and everything. Yeah, they actually did design them out of wetsuits. So, <laughs> the best way to describe them is they are covered in a black latexy swimsuit with flippers. Yes. And they have a sort of... they got, like, this weird... Big helmet. Yeah, like it's a, a helmet with, like, horns on it, doesn't it? Yeah, it's like a biker helmet. That's a bit like more triangular. Spikes, maybe, like, cat ears. Yeah, with, like, cat ear spikes on it. And a pole in the middle that is, like... An antenna, which is a bit like a teletop antenna. Yeah, it's a bit odd. So, what are your initial um, thoughts after, like, overall thoughts after watching? I quite enjoyed it altogether. Um, I thought it was a good change of pace going from a single story, especially going from something like Marco Polo, which is a full, you know, seven story to this, which kind of feels more like a collection of short stories that are connected by a overarching theme. It kind of does feel like, you know, you're given the goal for the characters in that, you know, they need to get these keys, and then each episode is a different setting. So I think it was it was really quite a good bit of variety. Yeah, I agree. I think um, pacing wise, it was a lot. It just it was just a lot improved. Mm. Yeah, I, I agree with the whole short story thing. I I really enjoyed the 
the fact that it kind of felt like a collection of little short stories and it was it didn't really start to sag until it got to the last two um yeah when the adventure started to run out i suppose yeah but overall yeah so i suppose if we've got nothing else to say about overall we'll jump into the episodes jump into episode one okay episode one the sea of death However inviting that water looks, we don't know what sort of creatures might be lurking beneath its surface. Sea of acid. Hmm. Good gracious. Like a glass torpedo. One man submarine. Grandfather! Look at that fantastic building. The wall just seemed to swallow me up. The conscience of Mariner. They no longer had to decide what was wrong or right. The machine decided for them. If you help me find the keys of Mariner's, I will let you have free access to your machine. Barbara's travel dial. There's blood on it. So, the episode kicks off um, with the TARDIS landing. The a landing. New world. Yes, the landing on the Sea of Death. This is a time. model sequence, isn't it? The it TARDIS is a model landing. sequence. It's the first materialisation um, model sequence. Yeah, of the TARDIS. There's a nice, um, I think the, they start off with this sort of. Um, establishing shot of Marinus, which is quite nice. Yeah. It does look quite good of it, the little island. Yeah, so as they start to explore this little, it's kind of like a beach area, but it's all pretty dead. They end up seeing these, like, um, well, they don't see them, but as the viewers, we see these kind of little submarine things. They're like sort of pods, but they're only for one person. And by a person, I mean the Vord. But in the meantime, the Tarda crew start to realise how dangerous this place is. Susan goes to paddle <laughs> in a bit of a rock pool thing. Yeah. Um, but Barbara clumsily knocks into her, thankfully, and her shoe drops in, and it disappears. And it dissolves away. Yeah, into a sizzling mess of... Yeah. Stuff. Stuff. Goo. And it's an acid pool. And they go, I've never seen it before. The Doctor finds it very fascinating, you know, that the, the sea is a made of acid. So Susan borrows Ian's shoes and heads back to the TARDIS. We quickly get a cut to the TARDIS, in which one of the board is looking around, poking around. He's trying to get in. I think he's trying, trying to actually in. get the doors open. Ian's like, we'll just stay here, meet back here. As they're waiting, they find we find one of these little one-man submarines start to investigate it a little bit. Oh, um, and I believe that's when they look over and they see the city. Yes, they find, in the pod, they find a, a suit of a ward. Oh, they? yes, they do. I think he died yes. a horrid death of acid. Acid, yeah. Could have gone full Breaking Bad with that, but I'm glad they didn't. <laughs> they could have done. That would be really grim. <laughs> you know, they, they knock on the door and open it. and oh. In the meantime, Susan decides to wander off. I think she sees the footprints of the board outside the car. She does in Venice, but yeah, she's wandering off. She's like, they told me to come back. Back. I'm going to wander off. A mysterious city. She goes off towards the city. A big pyramid. But yeah, so the TARDIS crew kind of get a bit like, where's Susan? Perhaps she's at the, the city. Yeah. So off they go, off to the pyramid. Actually, a funny moment I enjoyed was... um. They headed back to the TARDIS first, and Ian's shoes were there, because he'd lent oh, her yes. his shoes, and she'd just left them there, left them outside there. the TARDIS, as if, you know, thinking, yeah. oh, thanks Ian, thanks for giving me your shoes, and I'm just going to abandon them. I'm hoping abandon. you're going to find them one time, but you might have to do the entire six episodes shoeless. <laughs> <laughs> Bless him. Um, that's what he gets for being chivalrous, eh? Yeah. So Ian, the Doctor, and Barbara head up to the city, the Pyramid, and try to find Susan. They, there's no entrances. And they decide to split up and head round. Ian and the barber going one way, and the daughter heading the other. Sounds like a flawless plan. Flawless plan. Except there is a flaw in this plan. And that <laughs> when Ian and Barbara come round, the doctor is missing. And this is because oh, it's hilarious. we've seen Susan and Doctor are 
eaten up by the walls of the building. Yeah. Which is a rotating door, basically. They stand and the doctor goes, oh, yes, it's a very nice wall. And then the wall rotates and he disappears. And he does absolutely you nothing. Know. There's no reaction. I was going, nothing. oh, I cannot wait. I hope he goes like, oh my, or something. But he doesn't. It's silent. And that made it even more funny. <laughs> it Silently was... disappearing. Yeah. Uh, Doctor, where are you? Ian and Barbara go in and go, where are you? So he's gone missing. And then they they have a discussion about it. And then Barbara, Ian goes, oh, I'm just going to check around the corner. And Barbara goes. <laughs> and he goes missing. And he goes missing too. And Barbara goes, well, Ian. Okay, Ian. Ian. <laughs> Ian, and then comes around the corner and he's gone. Yeah. And then she also gets... She, all gets, she also gets eaten. They all get eaten, eaten by the wall. Um, one by one. I think when Ian gets eaten, you see a wall behind him, though, don't you? Um, I think it's yes, the strange true. white monk that... Um, oh, yes. I say stra- yeah, basically, it's, it's, we know him as Arbitan now, but at the time I've described him as strange white monk because that's essentially what he looked like, frankly. Yeah. He was a strange man with like monk robes on. Yeah, wandering around the back corridors, <laughs> waiting for people to come in. Um, and uh, flipping doors around. Uh, exactly, yeah. Yeah, the man stalking Susan with a board is dead. Yes, he attacks her with a knife, doesn't he? And he does. he is stabbed in the back by a knife. Yes. It's a bit confusing, but I think the intention was that our strange monk threw the knife. Yeah, it was, and... it was a little bit confusing. Susan is also very confused. But then, thankfully, Susan, Bob and the Doctor find each other pretty quickly. Yep. They end up going, you know, what's going on in here? And Susan's like, well, there's, a, you know, a, a, an alien and then died and then I don't know where Ian is. So we come back to Ian and he sees a man being attacked by the ball. So he intercepts and breaks up the fight. Arbitan, yeah, he's he's a bit confused by Ian. He's like, what are you? Because also he's basically his role in this place is to keep it safe and to keep, hence the traps and stuff. To keep the, the enemy, so we get, they get name dropped here, the Vord, um, out of it. But they have, he hasn't seen, you know, people like Ian before coming in here and being like, you know, what the hell are you doing here? How did you get in here? Why did you try and stop him from killing me? He basically, him and Ian, go and meet up with the other three and they kind of have a bit, you know, in the centre of the city now. Because he's like, okay, you guys aren't enemies. Maybe you can help me. they got a bit of a problem with the conscience of Marinus. Now, this is a computer that affects everyone on Marinus. And it decides ethics for them, basically, doesn't it? Yes, it kind of keeps people sub- subdued in a way. but it... Yeah, it stops them from thinking about doing crimes and whatnot. Yes, yeah. And it is, and the board have worked out some immunity to it. Mm-hmm. And they need a way to get it working again. So they need the many keys yes, of um... the conscience of Marinus. They had to split up the the keys so that they wouldn't be able to take control of it, I suppose. And that's become the quest, is they actually need them back, but they need them, not the Vord. So he's been sending people out. He's then, like, so his friends and his daughter Yes, even his daughter he's sent out to try and get these keys, but he's heard nothing back, and he's the last one here now. So you guys need to go and bring these keys, go on this journey, bring them back, and help me. And they say, no, we're not doing that. So they <laughs> yes. head off back to the, to and that's the end of the episode. That's the end of the story. It was a great story. <laughs> it's been surrounded by a false barrier. Yes, Arbitan yes. has tricked them. He says, I will not give you your TARDIS back until you help me. Exactly, yes. They had to trudge back all the way back to the city again and go, whoa, what have you done? <laughs> What's the deal? Yeah, and the guy goes, look, you're my last hope. I'm not letting you go until you get these keys. His, this is pretty quick, actually, at this point. They're, this is very much picking up the pace. He's like, here's these transporter. They're kind of like, they're only of what Captain Jack has, actually. Yeah, so like a thing on the wrist. They're they? wristbands, yeah. 
because they don't uh, time travel. travel. Travel die. They only go yeah. in space rather than time. So it takes them because there's four locations of the keys. Predeterminedly takes them to those destinations. To yes. Keys, yeah. Basically. Yeah, and they just pop out of existence when it when it happens. Um, exactly, just like that. <laughs> yeah. So they will go. Well, there's nothing else for it. I suppose we better go. We better set off on a quest. So Indeed. Off they go. Barbara gives it a try first, and she, she does. Gone. Off she goes. And says, "Well, we better join her," and then they go too. Yeah. If, in every single jump, I'm pretty sure every single jump, someone will jump first, or someone people will jump in different orders. And that's usually the plot of the start of the plot of the next one, of that yeah. person getting into a bit of trouble before the others get there. Is yeah, happens quite a bit. It does happen quite a bit. Yeah, there's a bit of a... A lag in terms of people getting from place people to place. from place to place. They'll instantly yeah. go, okay, I'll go. And the person goes, okay, I'll go next. And it's been and five minutes. And then they get there and it's been like ten minutes. Yeah, the last one. they're dead. They They've go, started a fire. You know, what the hell's I, happened here? I'm emperor now. You go, oh, <laughs> right, okay. It's like, what happened here? They think I'm a god. You know, something like that. Unfortunately, <laughs> that's not one of the storylines. No, that would have been quite good. But yeah, so they all head off, but uh, poor old Arbitan, he gets killed yes, at the end here. sneaks up behind him. He does. And he's dead. Yep. So that's it. But that is not the cliffhanger. Actually, this is not one of the ones where, I remember when we were watching the first one, there was lots of moments I thought, here we go. But no, here we go. Because yeah. there were so many it's, moments, it's like, it's so-and-so, we can't get in the TARDIS. Done. It's like, no. oh, cliffhanger. No. Right. You'll have to go to Marinus. Cliffhanger, you know. No. Is it him killed? Cliffhanger. No, 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 yeah. not yet. It's Barbara. Yeah. Yes. When they get there, Barbara is not there. Yeah. All that is, all that remains is her wrist pad. Yes, uh, time dial and blood. And blood. On it. Of course. And they go, Barbara. Dun, dun, dun. That's the end of episode one. That's the end of episode one. It was actually quite a good episode. It is very fast paced. It is compared People to... People say, like, you know, the classic who's very slow, and it can be slow, but this episode <laughs> no. is the complete opposite of that. It is. You know, in the last ten minutes, they basically really go, right, okay, there are these things called the Vord, they're taking over the conscience of uh, Marinus, you've got to get these keys, they're micro-keys, because they're microchips, mm-hmm. and if you can go get them, and then they go, no, and then there's a fourth one. Is these the other characters? I sent my daughter out, this is something to do with the Vord. Two of my mates, my daughter. They didn't even get to talk much about the Vord, of course, because you know, we'll talk more about them later in terms of what we found out from Extra Canon, but they didn't get to put a lot they, of the story in. No, there's not much story on them, and that's it until episode six, in which they come back, and oh, we I know, don't yeah. get much story then either. No, I think so there was two... They're Too quite much mysterious, material. so they don't really get given much. No. So, as we are keeping track of the the Doctor's dick scale... On the dick scale, yeah. We should actually make a rating and Can we call it, it a chart going down. Okay, well, should we, we can't call it the Doctor's dick scale, but... The, Doctor's how, dick scale, that's the, a very different scale. It is. <laughs> by <laughs> incarnation. Where the Doctor is on the scale of dickishness is the name of this segment. Yeah. Um, but anyway, he's he's getting better. <laughs> he is getting better. But one big thing with this is that I noticed was um, a future doctor. I don't I don't know about second doctor in fairness. I haven't seen much of it, but would not need to be blackmailed and forced into helping somebody who goes, "Please, you are my only hope. Everyone else I've sent is dead. We're all going to die. It's all awful." He goes, "Bye." No, <laughs> no other doctor I've watched would go, "Bye." He'd go, "I'll help you." Mm. But this one has to be blackmailed and forced into it, so yeah, he's improving, kind of, but he's not there yet. Yeah, it, it does kind of feel like, especially compared later on, that they have almost like, which is fitting on the time that they have like a group of four people, as opposed to one of them is the Doctor, as a person who yes. comes in and saves the day. You know, yeah, going, no, oh, well, it's, yeah, it's not that. They go, please, you know, the, 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 the ten diamonds of the fourth son of whatever, we need to get them, and then the Doctor goes, 
yeah, right, I'll do that. I'll be that hero. Yeah. Whereas here he's almost just like a bloke going, well, I can't do that. Fine. <laughs> yeah, he just leaves. It's 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 quite weird. Yeah. Um, okay, so um, I've got a bit of a, uh, bit of a fact here, um, which I mentioned a little bit earlier in terms of the Vord. So originally, Terry Nation developed more background in his script than was made explicit on screen. So... The Vord were alien invaders who took advantage of the people of Marinus, rendered vulnerable by the pacifying effects of the conscience. The conscience was then deactivated to allow the Marinians to fight the Vord, and over the centuries, the time they spent on Marinus meant that the Vord too could now be affected by the machine. Therefore, Arbiturn dispatched agents to recover the keys which would reactivate the conscience and allow him to finally defeat the invaders. Which, to be honest with you, I think makes the whole thing make a bit more sense. They could have put that in. They could have put that in. Yeah, sure. Have you, have you got any, any other bits and bobs to read out? Yes. Um, another one here is Ian is still wearing his his uh, clothes given to him by Marco Polo in Cafe in the last story. Marco Polo. Yeah, another one we've got here is that the, the working title of this story was Planet Marinus. That makes sense, doesn't it? Because each one episode is a bit like a short story somewhere on Marinus. So it is like you are seeing a vast variety of the entire planet. It does, but I do definitely prefer the keys of Marinus. Yes, it, it um, gives much more, more of a exactly. Have you got any any more bits and bolts from the Doctor Who magazine? Or um, no, that's it for me. That's it for you for episode one. Okay, in that case, we'll move on to episode two. Episode two, the Velvet Web. You are in the city of Morpet. Our people are perhaps the most contented in the universe. Nothing they desire is denied them. How rich and powerful do you have to be to give things away free? Here, drink this. No, it's filthy. This terrible dress and the furniture. Why can't you see it? One of the women has resisted the power of the mesmer. She has seen the truth and is beyond our control. You must be the one who escaped. The one they told me about. Ian! Kill her! <laughs> Where they've appeared, there is a door. They break it open and hear some high-pitched noises. They're clutching their heads in pain. When they, the pain dissipates, they see that the room is a beautiful garden with statues. And Barbara's being them. treated like a goddess. She's having a great time. She's yeah. changed into a dress and is lying there on a chaise long, being fed grapes. She's having <laughs> a great time. And yeah. also, this is in the space of those ten, like as we said, uh, in those ten seconds where she disappears slightly before them. Mm-hmm. She's come in and she's now uh, a goddess. Yeah, she owns this place. Well, she's acting like she owns this place anyway. She's having a great time. They all kind of come in and they're quite pleased with it. The Doctor and Susan are like, this, this is an amazing place. And they go, okay, we'll bring you food and whatnot. Ian is, is very suspicious of it. If they keep bringing that food and stuff. And literally this place is basically, they give their guests anything they want. Yeah. Everything. Everything and anything they want. That's what they seem to be wanting to do. We meet our host, Altos. Altos. And he says, I'll give you whatever you want. Let me know. And Susan says, I would really like a dress made out of this lovely material. And he says, it shall be done. <laughs> it shall be done. And the other says, I would like a fully stocked um, laboratory. laboratory. He says, it'll be done. It, it is. It does seem to be a paradise, basically. That's the kind of vibe we're getting off, is that no one ever goes without in this place. It's everyone gets what they need and also what they want, and everyone's happy. Um, yeah. So they all go to sleep in a happy mood. A weird woman comes in there. She puts something on their foreheads, doesn't she? There's a little disc device, thing. a little disc on their heads. Barbara tosses and turns in the night and the disc mm. falls off. Oh, yes. And she goes, ah, my head, and then is unconscious. Mm. When she wakes the next morning, um, 
she can't see the room as the others are anymore. Like, as it being luxurious and full of stuff. As the viewers, we still see what the Doctor and Co see. We don't see what Barbara's seeing. Um, so she's saying, what, what are you wearing, Susan? Do, you know, it's rags and stuff. Because, yeah. you know, they, the they bought the dress. Yeah. Rags. And everything's filthy in here and it's, it's disgusting. Food and they're all going, why are you being like this, Barbara? This food is yeah, delicious. This is amazing. And she, you know, chucks it away and goes, I don't <laughs> want any of this. Yeah. It's rubbish. Something's wrong. Something's gotten to you. It's like you kind of do like you're saying you cut to their view of it and it's paradise and you cut to hers and the room's a bit of a trash and she's just going here look at this lovely dress and it's all rags and whatnot yeah it's yeah um Altos returns though and he goes whoops Barbara hasn't been fooled yep whoops let's take her away (laughs) let's take her to the physicians and you know she's just a little unwell she's a little unwell she'll be fine soon the doctor's like oh yeah sure goodbye Barbara's like screw that and she runs (laughs) she runs away she manages to escape um, and then, of course, we've got the people behind this. Uh, yes, they're revealed, aren't they? You yes, know, they, they are. They say, bring the, the bring girl. Bring the girl for me. Yes. And they are... Weird slug like alien brains. In jars. I think I described that quite well. Yes, they With are. With weird eye stalks. I spot the yes, moment of the slug thing, I think. They are like brains. Yeah. With two slug eye stalks, or two eyeballs on the end. <laughs> and then they're in jars. And they're in a jar. And there's a few of them. I don't there's know a few of them are. on a table, just chilling. And Maybe there's like a consciousness. Altos comes in and goes, we've lost the girl. And and he got, the brain goes, ah, get them back. And he's very annoyed. You must bring them back. Bring us the one who has failed. You have failed me for the last time, Admiral. You'll be taken for punishment. So she gets sent off. <laughs> um, oh, their names are the Mesmerons. They are. Because they mesmerise people. It makes sense, I suppose. So, but of course, at this point, they say, you know, Altos goes, if we catch her, what should we do? And they say, you've got to destroy her. He's like, oh. She has seen the truth. She's seen the truth and outside of their control now. They can't change it anymore. Um, So she's going to be killed, which isn't great. Um, She manages to sneak into the same room as the lady who placed the discs on the head. Yes, the one who has failed. She has failed. And she has been hunted. She's for the chucked same into a room, and Barbara goes in and meets her and says, You know, please tell me what's going on. Yes, and this is when we find out it's the monk's daughter. Yes, Barbara realizes. I it. say monk, he's actually got a name. Yes, Arbitan. Arbitan's, Arbitan's, Arbitan's daughter, daughter that was, because she. Who Bob, also has a name, yeah, which is. Sabitha. Sabitha, yeah, I'm glad you remembered. <laughs> yes. But at this point, we have Eltos comes back in, so Barbara hides, finds Sabitha, says she must be taken. Barbara. Is cool though. <laughs> yeah, he basically because because he's hiding behind a pillar, so he turns around and goes, "Hang on a minute, that's that's Barbara. I'll get her instead." It's like a computer program of Sabitha needs to come with me, but Barbara is much more of an important, so he switches hmm. track and tries to capture her. But Sabitha goes, Sabitha knocks him out. Yeah, smashes a plate on his head or something. Yes, bless him. Then lies asleep. Yes, I think she's definitely a bit broken by this whole. And I think she's seeing more of the truth. So Barbara's like, "I'll come back for you." And then she, you know, runs off going, I need to find the others, you know, and help them out. They're elsewhere, aren't they? We've got the Doctor and Ian going into the laboratory. Going, <laughs> look really at this. It's quite a funny scene because you, you don't see what they're seeing. You just see what it actually is. And because they go into this empty room with like a rubbish table on it and a bit of an old mug. Yeah. And they're going, wow, look at this. Isn't that a, a thing? A kaleidoscope. Isn't, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> isn't, like, isn't, isn't that an anti-graviton beam? Oh my God, look at that. It's easy. The doctor's picking up the mug going, wow, look at this fascinating device. This fascinating thing. Yeah, and Ian's like, oh, this is amazing. It's quite funny. Um, when uh, Barbara arrives, she goes, 
Ian, you know, please, we must get out of here. Mm. He goes, no, I'll take you to the Mesmerons. Yeah, he's probably been brainwashed at this point. In fact, he's actually met the Mesmerons and he knows yes. of them and he goes, ah, he's, he's turned into an Altos, basically. He's been completely controlled. Yes. She takes them into the room with the brains. And, and Barbara goes crazy and kills all of them. She gets a something. And pipe of some description. Smashes the, the hell out of all of them. And they all go, ah! And she and commits genocide. She commits genocide on them and they're dead. And she goes, that was good. <laughs> no, she's... And they all go, no, they all wake up, fortunately. Yes. So everyone, everyone's kind of okay. And um, not only are they all okay, they have a key. They have a key now. Yes. Now, the, the interesting thing with this one is we found we find that, the, I suppose, you know, Sabitha was sent here, but also Altos was sent through. He was sent before Sabitha. Yes. As one of uh, Arbiton's friends. So at this point, they... They all join up. They all they become do. a big team. So there's Avengers like six assemble. people on this team now. Yeah. They're all ready to, to escape as the prisoners are, are burning down the city. Yes, yeah. They say, right, we must go. So they decide on a plan, which was... Altos says, my buddy. He went ahead to go to the last one, and we were going to mm-hmm. go backwards and meet each other. So I think we should do the same. And the doctor says, great idea. I'm going to jump forward to the last one. Alone. Alone. And you guys can carry on. So See you later, that. suckers. See you later. So he, uh, away. And Susan goes, okay, I will... I'll jump. So she jumps first um, and ends up in a forest. A jungle. A jungle, indeed. In fact, it's a screaming jungle. Dun, 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 dun. For those who don't know, that's the name of the next episode. Anyway, <laughs> loud noise and Susan goes... Ah, oh, so loud! And the is, and yeah, she holds her hand as ever is. Next episode. Screaming Screaming Jungle. <laughs> Probably get that one away. And that's the end of episode two. Yeah, it was... I enjoyed this one. Again, it was a... The pace mm. is still quite quick. It's it's a little it's a little mini story. story inside a... I like yeah. it. I do like these little mini stories. Plus it's got, it has got quite a connection to the overarching thing. It's got Hopdan's daughter in. It does, and, it does. And, well, it's quite, it's, quite, it's quite nifty. I think it's a good story. blend between having its own story and also part of the, the ongoing serial, I suppose. Yes, no, I agree. I agree. So it's one of those episodes, it really feels like it's based on that story of the, the lotus of, in the Greek mythology, isn't it? Where they, they end up on an island and they, when they eat the lotus there, they end up with no desire to leave. It's in Percy Jackson, isn't it? They it isn't. Up. I was just about to say, they ha- I actually know what you're talking about because I've read Percy Jackson. Although yeah. in that, it is the Lotus Casino yeah. yes, in Las Vegas. Casino. I haven't read the book, but I've seen the movie. You know, it actually Casino. is the same in the book. It is a Lotus uh, Casino in um, yeah, Las Vegas. Yeah, no, they, they lose all track of time uh, and they don't age. It was a bit like that. It was, a, it was very much like that. It was definitely taking some inspiration from hmm. that, I would imagine. So we do have some, some facts. It has never stated when this story is set, although in the Doctor Who magazine comic The World Shapers, it seems to date this to around 5 million BC. Interesting. You've read this, have you? I have read this. Now, this is an interesting comic um, because it is set in the future of Marinus. Okay. And there is a device that comes to it which accelerates things and... The people were going to use it, we're going to use it to terraform the planet, but then the Vord get it and they decide to evolve themselves. Mm. They brew themselves. And when they do, they are transformed into Cybermen. Oh dear. Yes, that's a signal to one, but the he is travelling with Jamie at the time after his uh, memory loss. Right. And he sacrifices himself to, to stop this device. Damn. And dies. Uh, but anyway, this story <laughs> is referenced in The Doctor Falls. 
The Twelfth Doctor mentions Cybermen and where they come from, and one of the names he lists is Marinus, oh. in reference to the comic in which Marin, the uh, the Vord get transformed into Cybermen. I see, so it's one of the origins of them. Yes. Gotcha. Have you got any other bits and bobs for episode two? I do. Now, this is a very odd fact. So, Gareth Roberts, the controversial writer, who you may know as the writer of things like Shakespeare Code, The Lodger, Planet of the Dead, TV stories, and also a lot of Shadow Jane, mm. he wrote a gay erotic novel <laughs> what? called The Velvet Web, named after this Doctor Who story. <laughs> Why did he name it after this Doctor Who story? Just for the hell of it. I'm not. Is there a... You were supposed to know I have not read this book. Th- there might be a Velvet Web in it, I don't I know. I think you need to go and read this Let's for... Read this for for review purposes and come back and let you know. So a gay erotic not, not novel. Under a pseudonym. If that exists, that is a thing that exists. Thank you for informing us. That's right. Anyone wants to check it out? I'm sure you'll find somewhere online. <laughs> that is a, that is I a... wonder if the chapter titles are also other names. <laughs> of Doctor Who like, villains and stuff. stuff like it would be like the boys, you know, when they had the episode where they did um, all the porn um Oh yes, when the lamplighter was watching the thing and they had all those names and it, it was really funny. You can imagine it being like that. They turn it into yeah. all innuendo and stuff. Not too porn, yeah. Anyway, so anyway, uh, let's <laughs> move quickly on to episode three. Okay, episode three, episode three which is the, s- the screaming jungle. The screaming jungle. Oh, of course it is. Of course it is. How we forget that? How we forget? Go away! Go away! Ian, look. The key to the microcircuit, I found it! Yeah! Help me! Barbara's disappeared. This isn't it. It's just an imitation. Ian, behind you! This whole place is one big booby trap. Why have you come in search of the key? The jungle is coming. It's death, I tell you. The gross accelerator has changed nature's tempo of destruction entirely. You mean the jungle is attacking us? Yes! Barbara, you found it! We must move. If we don't find shelter, we don't stand a chance. Right, so, jumping back into episode three. The rest of the gang arrive now. They do. And the forest has stopped. Screaming. Screaming. So is Susan. So, so is Susan. <laughs> and Barbara calms her. And they go, Susan, what's wrong? And she, she goes, oh, it was horrid. It was evil. Go, I don't know what it was, but it was evil. And he goes, come on, tell us. And then she doesn't. No. They just all move on a little bit. They kind of move on. Yeah. They discover, like, an old building, don't they? It's like a temple. But when Barbara and Susan are left there, Barbara's like, this isn't too thick, and starts to push her way through to this sort of temple area. Um, mm. She wants to do something a bit more um, independently. So Barbara walks down and finds a statue, and the key is on top. Yes. Which is fabulous. This is a quick journey. <laughs> so she decides, don't worry, I'll go grab it. Yes. At this point, Ian and the lot come back and go, where's Barbara? So he's like, she's gone down there. And Ian's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Come back, girl. What are you doing? Stop pulling things off of things and... You're a crazy no, no. person. You're going to get killed. So Barbara grabs it and gets Barbara killed. Barbara grabs and gets killed at the end. The end. She grabs the statue and the statue's arms grab her and then it spins it around again. Yes. Swivels around and she's gone. She's gone. And comes back. She's Shouting, gone. Ian! Ian! Mm-hmm. So Ian makes his way down there and the key that was on top, they're like, okay, we've got the key. We're all good. But it's fake. They got the key, but Barbara's gone. They said, they theorise and go, well, technically she's still got her transport thing, so has she gone to the next place or is she still here? So they're going to have to do a bit of, shall we split up just in case either or has happened? And also, of course, as soon as Ian finds out that it's a fake, he goes, well, I need to stay anyway because 
Someone needs to find Someone it. needs to find it. Because at this point, Altos and Susan have already travelled on. They have so already travelled. It's only to be for the figures that out last minute. Goes, it's fake. And they go, right, yeah. you go with the rest. I'll stay here. Try and get I'll Barbara. I'll find Barbara. Try, and get, try and get the key, because this isn't the real one. So um, a lot is placed on Ian's shoulders. It definitely so. is. It's This one is a proper Ian and Barbara story. It is, yeah. It stays with them in this era, and where everyone goes off to the other one. Of course, the Doctor's still off further ahead in the future, future one. Um, yeah. So Ian... Bravely goes, right, now if Barbara has sprung the trap, I will spring the trap too. She purposely goes and stands on the statue and gets, you know, pulled into this maze of traps, I suppose is what you'd call it. He's in a kind of courtyard and there is a statue of a a knight. Yeah, so it's a bit it's a bit like one of those knights, I suppose it's a knight from like a chessboard kind of knight. It's, yeah, yeah. Like an old school knight. It's just like Harry Potter. Yeah, it does make you think of Harry Potter, yeah. With a sort of axe, and then Ian actually activates, the activates it, and he goes to chop him, and Barbara goes, Ian! And he jumps out of the way. Yeah, so it's a house of traps. <laughs> so, um, now Ian and Barbara are together, they basically, Ian catches her up and says, the key wasn't real. Must be in here somewhere. Um, so they basically start to have a little search around. This is where we start to go a little bit more wrong, because first off, Barbara gets caught in a net, because she kind of heads through into another room, gets caught in a net, goes down, and then there's daggers coming down from the ceiling. So she ceiling called... comes down with spikes. Exactly, so, yeah. Ian. Ian. Um, and he's like, oh my god, I need to save her. But as he turns around, he triggers another trap, which means like bars come down in front of him. So he's stuck. Barbara's about to get killed. It's all very dismal. But Barbara gets saved last minute by another white monk. Yes. He wants to know why they seek the key. He doesn't believe Barbara. He when doesn't. she says, yeah, Arbitan sent me. So, as if. He goes, yeah, I don't believe you. He says, look, I've got this travel dial. He goes, I'll check the travel dial and see if the coordinates are where I believe the keys are. <laughs> then I'll know he sent you, because only he knows. The problem is, is when he's about to head in... Um, the vines that have been slowly creeping forwards are starting to strike. They, they basically try and strangle the monk. Um, and he says afterwards, the because um, the whole place is being attacked. The, the whole place is being attacked. They're starting to come through the windows and stuff. Yeah. Um, he, basically, he describes it as the whispering of the jungle is upon them. So that apparently means the death. I suppose. I think it's all been sped up. So he's been strangled, and he's dying. Even though he and Barb kind of save him a little bit. They're in his sort of laboratory, and he gives them a load of numbers and letters. Yes, I think it's it might be D E two no D E three O two. Potentially, yeah. He just gives them a bit of a code, and then just dramatically dies. Um, whilst they're shouting at him, "Where is the key?" Because he's hidden it. Obviously, the you know the fake one was out the front. Um, so they so they find a door to his lab, and, and mm-hmm. they go inside. And there's loads of stuff in there. They find a vault, a safe. Yes. They go, aha, it must be the key for the safe. And they mm-hmm. go to try and it's not. No. So they've got to spend a while trying to work out what on earth it might be referring to. It's yeah. code. And in the meanwhile, the jungle's getting closer. They start to hear the whispering, which is what he said. It's what Susan heard at the start is this kind of the bad noises in the jungle. Um, and the vines the start... Yeah, exactly, the screaming. And the vines are starting to get in. Smashing um, the glass. And... They're smashing everything, yeah. And Ian has to save and screaming Barbara again from the vines. So she probably spends a lot of the episodes going, Ian! And he goes, I'm coming, Barbara. I think at the beginning Lesson. of the episode, you know, she goes, I'm, why does he always view me as someone who's <laughs> That's one of my, useless? Yeah, that's and one of then... the biggest notes I've got from that is, you know, it's 
it's at the start of the start of the episode. Her and Susan are on their own, and Barbara's like, "I really wish he would sometimes treat me like I wasn't a child or like I couldn't handle myself." And then proceeds to show us why he does this four or five times. Um, two well, minutes later, it's, she's it's like a writing thing. Oh, it's, it's meant to be, a, yeah. yeah it's coincidence, or it's meant to be like, "Why does he treat me like this?" Ian, and yeah. it happens not once, a lot. Bless her. They didn't realise with all the glasses and chemicals around, they realise DE3O2, that's a chemical. Yes. Thing. They find the jar, DE3O2, and there is the key, and they're good to go. Boom. Jungle's closing in on them, and they're like, we need to get out yeah, of here. Yeah. So they use their dials, mm-hmm. and they disappear. Oh, exactly, just like that. Just like that. Out of danger, they're saved. But wait. But wait. <laughs> they materialise in a freezing ice place. Well, they start to freeze to well, death. They start to freeze to death. Immediately. Immediately. Barbara goes, it's too cold to move. And Ian goes, we must move. move. And then they go, ugh. In a space <laughs> of about 10 seconds. It's pretty impressive stuff. That. And that's the cliffhanger. That is the cliffhanger. Weekly. It is. So, in terms of um, notes from Bits and Bobs. I haven't got any general notes about the story. I was just going to say, I, um, personally, I quite like the House of Traps. You know, the big Barbara and Ian end up in it. It's pretty cool. Um, I think it's a nice little idea. Obviously not for Ian and Barbara, they don't enjoy it, but you know, Ian nearly gets his head lopped off and they get trapped behind barbs. Like, and there's like a, a, a net that proper comes down. It's that kind of classic, you know, um, trap house. I thought it was, thought it was quite good. Um, for me, I thought it was a bit of a, one of the weaker episodes. It was a bit a lot. Okay. It didn't really click for me. Sure, I mean, there is the least amount of people in this one. Yes. Although I do really enjoy Ian and Barbara. Okay. You just want to find a bit in general. Mm, yeah. I said the other two, the, the, the later ones are more weak, to be honest. But okay, yeah, yeah it's funny, isn't it? How they're completely different they are. This they is are like very this different. is like Tomb Raider, yeah, and going into a place and then later on, scientists like, or whatever, and then later on, it's you know a quarter. It's a quarter drama for like two episodes. Yeah, it, it really switches up. This episode also has a nice little uh, bit, which made made me laugh from the future, where he looks at it and goes, "Wow, look at all these creepers." And as a person who has played Minecraft. Look at these creepers. My legs. Can't use my legs. Okay, any more notes for episode three? I've got some Bring facts and bits and bobs. Me too. Okay, do you want to kick us off with some facts and bits and bobs? Sure, this is this is the reason why William Hartnell is not here. So, William Hartnell. He's dead. Well, he is now. He's, he's not. Otherwise, he'd be with us here in this episode. <laughs> so. William Hartnell does not appear in The Screaming Jungle or The Snows of Terror. The actor was on holiday during filming of these episodes. He'd been working non-stop from October to April on Doc 2 episodes and needed a well-deserved break, except for that night where he got hungover, obviously, for Marco Polo. Yes. <laughs> but still, apparently that's the actor's way. So when he returns in the sentence of death, he's more energetic and refreshed. Apparently this was the first time the lead actor had been absent in this way. But nonetheless, he receives on-screen credit for these episodes. Also, another little note for this, this isn't for William Hartnell, this is just a general note in, you know, for this story, it's Terry Nation wrote this story as a replacement to The Red Fort, and that was a story that was to be set during the Indian Mutiny. Ooh, interesting. Yeah, have you got any facts or bits and bobs? I do. Um, Susan mentions that she's heard a similar sound before in the forest. Okay. By the trees, and she says, I've heard it before, it's evil. Um, and of course, we don't know what she's talking about. No. However. Oh, here we go. This could be explained in the latest story, The Censor Rights, in which she will make a reference to 
clandesto where plants use thought transference. There was a little bit actually earlier. There was in episode one when they look at the pyramid. He says it looks like they've been made it with blocks, a bit like the Aztecs, which is the next episode. <laughs> yes. Do you want to tell listeners to them? I can Alexa. Yeah, let's take them here. Yeah, maybe. Home, Alexa. Home. 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 No, no. Home. 1963. Taking you to 10. Like 10, 10,00001963. Have fun. Have fun. Come back later. Anything else? That's it for me for this episode. Okay. We'll move on to episode four then. The Snows of Terror. Snows of Terror. Don't be afraid. You're safe. Oh, my hands. Yes, they're swollen with frostbite. They sound so close. That door will keep anything out. Or in. I gave them food and flint to light a fire. Treacherous. No, Altos. He's going to show us where the cave is. There's no other way out. <laughs> Get out of here. Run. Have you got the key? Yes. Then run. No. no. You'll stay. You're staying around, killer! So Ian and Barbara are collapsed in the snow. Traumatic. Traumatic. They are fading away. Not literally, yeah. but just <laughs> in their consciousness. When a man turns up, covered in fur, and he, he saves them, he grabs them, and takes them to his cabin. And Barbara wakes, and the man says, it was a good job I found you because there are wolves outside. Mm-hmm. And of course, it's a very dangerous storm. Yeah, but it's there, but, but he makes a point that, you know... The wolves were getting you before the storm wall. Yeah. Yeah. So gone from a jungle straight to a, <laughs> to a, a, a remote area because the nearest village, I think he said, is about three, three miles, miles away. away. Yeah. So he says he couldn't, have, he didn't get them down alone. He got help from Altos. Altos. So see, he says a, a crazy man. They realise it's Altos, and he helped them, and then he's gone off to a village. He's searching for Susan and Sabitha. He is. Yes. So Ian's like, right, I'll go, I'll go out and save Altos. Because mm. we've got to, we've got to find him, so we can find the girls. Yes, it's a bit incredibly. I would almost go so go so far as not courageous, but a bit stupid to go out into a storm. Probably, yeah. Away. Yes, so he buys some furs off of the man for a transport dial. Yes, yes. I'll trade this. Mm-hmm. Indeed, the man locks himself and Barbara in though. Yes, he locks the door and he says, "You know, there ain't nothing get through those doors. All out." Yeah, very creepy. Very creepy. And it only gets creepier. It it really does. It's, I believe he's trying to rape her. That seems to be the general the feel. Subtext. Yes. Of Barbara that sitting wistfully by the fire, going, "Oh, if only Ian was here." And the guy comes and goes, "Well, it's just us now," and starts rubbing her shoulders. And she's like, "Oh, Ian will be here any moment." Yes. And he's kind of leering. It's not a nice story, really. But no. anyway, yeah. So Ian is Ian miraculously finds Elvis. Yes. And he's tied up in the snow. He's tied up in the snow. He says, who did this to you? He says... It's the trapper. It's the trapper. The man. The man. I don't know if he has a name. I think he may get credited, but I don't think they mention his name. Vemos or Varmos or something. But yeah, the trapper is evil. Back in the cabin. He has tricked him as well, hasn't he? Because he's he's given Ian a bag of supplies. It's actually full (laughs) of meat. It's full of raw meat, yeah. And the wolves are coming out of... um, Yeah, they're smelling it for miles away. Stock footage. They are coming out of their stock footage land to come straight at Ian. And he goes, look out! And some stock footage <laughs> walks, walks around. It's very, very, very realistic. And he helps them out back to the cabin. And the trapper is attacking Barbara at this point. And well, yeah, Ian but, sees... But Ian comes Ian comes in and saves the day. He does. Rescues Barbara. She tells them, she goes, look, 
he knows where they are, and Althos also knows that he knows where they are, so they make the trapper take them to the cave where he saw Susan and Sabitha, who we jump to now, and they're lost and running out of wood and warmth. Let us head out of these caves. They may as well die out there looking for someone, then I suppose to die in here, not for yes. someone. But then they're not sure which way they came in, so they end up going even further into the they cave. They do, yeah. Um, the trapper does leave them to leave the other guys to the mountain, but he doesn't really want to be here. He says there's no. something about demons. He says in the there's demons in these caves. People have seen them. Shock horror. Susan and Sabitha have found said demons. <laughs> yes, they've found a rope bridge and they run over and they find a room filled with knights. Yeah, they're kind of like frozen knights. Um, they don't move, but I, don't, I wouldn't describe them as demons, frankly. Um, they don't look that scary, but the girls back out again very slowly. And that's when they end up seeing um, Ian and that lot. So Ian heads over, Altos heads over, mm-hmm. Barbara heads over. This yeah. is over the rope bridge, the rickety rope bridge. And they all have a lovely so reconvene. reconvene. So good to see you. But dun, dun, the dun, trapper dun. throws the bridge across and leaves them stranded. He's a proper evil laugh as well. Yes, he goes, ah ha ha ha. I'm a trapper. <laughs> yes. Oh, I trapped you. Yeah, so he, he pushes it all down the crevice and they're like, oh no. So he leaves, and the rest of them are like, well, we've got two problems. One, we need to find the key, which they think is in the mountain. Two, they need to find a way to get across this big gap, which is too too big to jump. Um, so they go back into where these demons are, and they go, oh my god, there's a huge block of ice. What's in the middle? It's the key. They find a pipe going around the block, and Barbara finds a tap which she can turn. So she turns it, and warm water rushes in. I'm not going to lie, it's a bit strange that it's there. I know that she says that it's probably served from a hot water spring, but the fact that they actually put plumbing into this yeah. mountain is a, bit, is a bit odd. Um, but anyway, the, the ice is starting to melt, and they go, right, let's try and work out how the hell we're going to get back across the bridge whilst this is melting. So they decide to get a bunch of what did you ice stalagmites, put them together to make long bridges. And They're really trees. big, these things. Yeah. They leave that there, then they go in and get the key, and that's when these knights, they come to life. I did not expect that to happen no. at all. What is Obviously, I'm joking. I did. <laughs> um, that's yeah, because they're guardians of the key. Um, so they start attacking the group, but they're like slow ass zombies with axes, basically. So they're very, very slow. Ian's like, "You guys run." He's probably hero at this point. He's action hero. Ian, I'll stay here and fight them off. And they are so slow. He doesn't really have to do much. So everyone else runs back. So Susan oh. manages. Susan manages to get across, and she reconnects the rope bridge. I'm not quite sure how. Neither do I. It doesn't really get shown. She just does it magically. Um, and everyone else goes across. Ian has been holding off the knights, but um, he comes through and runs across after the others, and they drop the bridge again before the knights come there. Yeah, so it's pretty quick from this point, because they then make it back to the tra- trapper's cabin and take back their things. Yes, and he's he's completely gone on 80 of going, no, please don't hurt me, when they come yeah, in. Yeah, exactly. Um, and they get in and get their travel dials and are ready to go with the key when the knights start banging on the door. door. They chase them down here. And they're coming in and, yeah. and the trapper grabs Susan and says, so you, you can't know, leave me here with them. And everyone's like, yeah, no, we're going to leave you here with them. Bye. And he's like, you can't grab Susan. Um, and then he gets stabbed. He gets stabbed by one of the Through the door. It's a very good shot. They like poke it through the door and into him. Yeah. And he dies. Mm-hmm. And Susan breaks free. So Susan they, breaks free and they, they teleport out away. just in time. Yes, and now this is another one of... I, interestingly, Ian seems to arrive alone in this one. Yes, this is one. This is where that story has ended, and we're on to the next story, which is Ian is in a... museum kind of. museum place. Yeah. 
where everyone else is, we don't know. They're no. all somewhere else. And he finds a body and goes, huh? There's a body here. Yes. Um, so he, you know, leans down to check. And then he, then he sees mm. that there's like a display in front of him. With the key. With the key. He's like, ooh. And then he gets smacked on the back of the head. Yes. And then this mysterious figure takes the key and the alarm goes off. And he puts the thing he used to hit Ian, and also presumably the other man, um, into Ian's hand. That's the cliffhanger. I've got, I've got, I've got, yeah. yeah. On the floor. Oh, one big note here is why don't they ever arrive together? It would stop all these problems that yeah. are happening. I don't, but know, I don't know what happened, really. I don't just... know what happened. It's very odd. Um, um, yes, this is another one of those little mini stories that was like a proper adventure one. Yeah, just adventuring, going into a cave, fighting they some do, They do like their caves and Doctor Who. They do. They do like their caves. Cave of ice. Have you got any uh, notes for episode four? I have one. Okay. I don't have many. Um, so, Peter Davison was, mm-hmm. as a young lad, watched this episode, and he said this was one of the moments where the, the knights wake up from their slumber. was one of his scariest memory of Doctor Who. Oh, really? Mm. Interesting. There's also a gay erotic knot in it. Oh, God, don't start that again. Have you got any facts or bits and bobs for this one? Yes, originally the Doctor accompanied Susan and Samita during the quest, and his ring would have been found in the Trapper's hut, along with the travel bars and uh, the keys. Uh, ah. Of course, he was written out. Written out, on So yes, the last two episodes, then Doctor Free. Yeah, it's Doctor weird. Light, I should say. Mm. If that's ever a thing, we'll move on to episode five. Episode five, The Sentence of Death. Do you want to tell me where you've hidden it? I never had it. You will be charged formally? With what? Murder. You are already guilty of this crime. The burden of defence is entirely yours. Otherwise, you will die. The laws in this country are a mockery. I quite agree with you, my boy. Doctor! Grandfather! I need a man to defend me. I am that man. Well, you, my child, and Barbara, can be my detectives. I believe I know who did the killing. Oh, elementary, elementary. They made me do it. I'll tell you, ah! Hello? Barbara, they made me call you. They're going to kill me. We jump straight in to Ian again, and he wakes up, and he's found himself in a top-secret safe, because an interrogator is questioning how he got in. Of course, Ian... He's just chilling in the chair, going, so how'd you get in? <laughs> yeah. I don't believe you. How'd you get in, though? Uh, I don't believe you. But how did you... I don't believe you. Essentially, is the conversation. I appeared, I came in, there was a body, and he explains it uh, as well. You know, it doesn't make sense. Obviously, you have a assistant, mm-hmm. and he turned against you, and he got on the back of the head and stole the key. Yeah. Essentially, he thinks he stole the key, and he's arrested for murder. Um, but Ian's a bit like, okay, cool, not too worried. Well, you actually have to prove I'm guilty. But the interrogator, mis- uh, the interrogator corrects him of this um, misinformation. On this world, that's not the rule. The, um, they're actually you're actually guilty until proven innocent. Barbara and the gang go to see Ian and say, "We must do something. Ian needs a defender. Mm-hmm. But who, who will it be? It? Who can do it?" And the door opens, and it's it's uh it's Wolf. No, it's not. It's um <laughs> it's the Doctor. It's the Doctor. He's got a Hawaii shirt on. Uh... <laughs> he's the only great. Oh, he, sorry, he, sorry, I'm late. He's got, no, he's got one of those uh, those rings of flowers you get oh, from Hawaii. And he's, he's got a lay on. He's, got, he's, he's got a drink. <laughs> he's got glasses. He goes, hello there. I'm, hello, back. I'm back. I've just been off partying for the last two episodes. I've got some good energy. I'm tanned. I've had a great holiday. <laughs> well, anyway, he, <laughs> he just turns up. That's not normal. He doesn't yep. turn up in holiday mode, unfortunately. Oh. He's a little depressed. <laughs> Put off a plane with his suitcase going, you know, back to work. Back to work. Aww. Aww. It's, it's really sad. Oh, it's quite sad. <laughs> 
Yeah, and he says, okay, I, I know enough about their laws to help you as your defender. I'll be your lawyer. Yes, he's been here for a good four or five days, hasn't he? Yes. With the other dude. Yeah, they don't kind of explain where he is and why he's only just turned up. I think in this part of the plot as well, it's a couple of days later. But anyway, they're in court, and the Doctor pretty much immediately manages to win like a two-day recess of court to actually start investigating the case. The prosecutor, who we think is quite sus. As soon as, as soon as we saw him, he's got black gloves on. Who we saw him, like, ooh. He's a, he's a bit... He's a bit suspicious. He's a bit suspicious. Um, he does well, not like this. Yes. Yeah. I mean, in fairness, the prosecutor would not like that because it's like, okay, we've got a couple of days now for actual investigation. So the doctor says, right, okay, we've all got... Jobs jo- I've do. got jobs for you. Yeah. You go research previous cases, you go investigate this. You go to the library, read upon some laws. You go speak people. to the witnesses and I'll go to the crime scene and re- reenact the doofer. Hmm. Yes. Um, so... The Doctor, Susan and Barbara, I believe, the ones they end up in yes. the, um, the the safe. They manage to get their way in there and they start to kind of recreate the crime. Yes, Barbara. He pushes her to the floor. <laughs> and Susan goes, I'll be the dead body and jumps on the floor. <laughs> She's not like that very lying seriously. Lying in the chalk line. Go, oh. yeah. um, but yeah, no, the Doc has a theory that it was um, an inside job and that it was a third man. Um, it's one of those things, actually, in this, which is really Must strange. Yes, is mm. when he's there and they kind of have a chat... They say the you know the the, inter- the interrogator the original interrogator says look the key can't have gone out of the building because we've scanned everything. They were like okay, but did you scan? So you've scanned Ian. They said yes, yeah, not on Ian. I said well, it couldn't be carried out by person. They said did you scan the body? I said yeah, we've searched the body. It's not on the body. They were like huh okay then. And the doctor was like oh elementary my dear elementary I know exactly where it is. And they go where is it? He goes oh, I can't tell you now. It would be no good to anyone. And keeps it to himself <laughs> until the last episode. <laughs> And it's like, oh. We'll keep it from you, audience. It, it, it is one of those Sherlock things. Can yeah. you work it out at home? Dun, 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 dun. Dun, dun, dun. Call us on 0800. Please don't call us. <laughs> 1066. Um, so at this point... Then Barbara and Susan head off to questioning the suspect. The suspect, yes. it was. I believe it was the guard on duty that night. That's because that's what the doctor believes is... Um, you know, that's going to be the inside man. Yes, he was the first one to... He's the first man on the scene. Yes. I think because he ended up in and realised he couldn't escape, so he pretended to be the person on the scene. Exactly, it's a classic move. Um, but yeah, whilst they're there, they actually nearly go him into a fight. But his wife stops him. Yes, he. It's very, very aggressive. Yes, yeah, he... he he turns up and and it's just the, they turn up and it's just the wife and they're chatting to her and then he comes in and he goes, "Hi, honey, I'm. Her. What are you what doing, doing here? here?" They go, and "We know where it is." Go, how could you? Oh, I mean, I don't know. He's very, yes, very suspicious. He does that a lot. They Over, overtly suspicious. How could you possibly? Uh, I mean, nothing. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, nothing. You know, only know it because your criminal friend told you. <laughs> and then he goes to slap them, to bitch slap them. <laughs> and and the wife goes, "No, don't do it." No, no okay. bitch slapping, darling. And then they leave and listen to the door. And your wife goes, "Why did you do that? You shouldn't have been angry." And he goes, "Shut up, woman." And there is an incident of domestic violence. There is. Over the sound of Barbara and Susan go, <gasps> Exactly. Um, yeah, the suspect. There is a lot of dark topics in this story. There is a lot there? of dark topics. There like, is. Domestic violence, rape, and Tempted, someone... Well, attempted rape. rape. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, not like a rape, And someone melting into acid. Yeah, it's quite a violent one. And now, we're back into the courtroom drama. Which we all love. I mean, personally, I don't love it. I don't know if you love it, but... I didn't mind it. Okay. I think I've watched enough courtroom dramas, of actual courtroom dramas, <laughs> that I don't really want to watch anymore. Well, I want to order that answer. Um, this is quite cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, the doc brings out brings out a witness. He's, he's doing a bit of a trick here. I thought it was quite yes, good. Yes, it's quite good. 
It's Sabitha. Sabitha. She says, aha, I found out from someone where the key is. And here it is. And she walks up and they go, oh. And she goes, it was that man. And points to the guard. And he goes, no, you can't possibly know where it is. I mean, I mean um, <laughs> he's really bad at it. Really bad. So the I mean, someone actually made a little two mac thing. They said, well, maybe it's because you know the conscience of madness has stopped working. So they're all really bad at lying now. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. But anyway. Yeah, so the crowd grab him because he tries to get away. Tries to get away. And then. He dies. He dies. I have no idea how he died. Do I think there was a gun on the floor. Oh, okay. It's just, it's a sort of a big flash, and then it's like a, why did no one see who did that? It was kind of a, I know it, there was a big crowd, but basically no one knows who killed him. You're all silent for a moment. Go, oh, and his wife goes, no, my darling. My darling love, how will I ever see thee again? Um, And then the judge is like, is that really the key? And the doctor goes, ah, no, it was a trick. It's one of the, uh, it's one of the earlier <laughs> ones. He said, sorry, one, yeah. sorry for playing a ploy, but you know, I thought it was quite effective. Do you not? Um, even regardless with this, Ian is still losing. Um, the, all the judges and those... Well, I say the judges. There's sort of one judge and two sidekicks just sort of nod and goes, do you agree? He goes, yeah, yeah, we agree, we agree. He goes, well, despite the fact that a man's just died, it proves nothing on this case. So, Ian, we still think you are the accomplice. And you'll be sentenced. <laughs> and you'll be sentenced to death. Your execution will be soon. And everyone's like, what? They're like, no, that's it. Goodbye. It's all great. I think the doctor well. tries to do something. He does. But... Barbara, Sabitha, and Altos nudge into the corridor as they've been received a note. They saying, have. Do not reveal the key, key, or more lives will be lost, lost, or something along those lines. Yeah, and they say, who, who is it? Who, whose lives? And someone says, Miss Wright, there is a call for you. <laughs> she goes, you know, hello. And it, hello, Barbara here. It's me, Susan. And she said, I've, I've been kidnapped, and they've made me call you. If you don't, if you reveal where the key is, they'll kill they'll me. They'll kill me. Dun, 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 dun. dun. And that's the cliffhanger. Have you got any uh, bits and bobs and notes on this one? Yes. Um, the Doctor, during this episode, is heard to stumble over the phrase, I can't prove at this very moment, saying initially, I can't improve at this very moment. Although William Hartnell's notorious for those kind of stumbles over dialogue. Billy Fluss. Billy Fluss, indeed. And this isn't one of them. According to the DVD track, for some reason, Terry Nation wrote this stumble into the script, which Hartnell delivered accurately. It's good they put that there, because I would have just thought, as soon as we kind of you hear them quite often, you go, oh, Billy Fluff. Yep. This one's not no, it's not really No, it's intentional. No. Um, interesting. Caroline Form was displeased with the portrayal of Susan in this serial. She hoped it was written like a child, describing her as pathetic. I agree. We've <laughs> been saying this That's uh, why we say that she acts too much like a child. Yeah. So I'm glad that she also notices, also notices this, because it is true. So, I think we'll move on to episode six. The Keys of Marinus. How much longer? Execution is set to take place when the pointer reaches the star. Your friends were here looking for you. Oh, what about the child? She's no more use now. Kill her. How did you know it was there, Doctor? But it had to be. I knew it all along. I, Yartek, am in control now. You heard about Harbitan? Yes. We met the man who's usurped his place. Ian gave it to him. You gave it away? I gave him a key. Yartek may put that false key into the machine at any moment. It'll break under the strain. We start off. Barbara decides not to tell the Doctor about Susan being captured. So she wants him to keep his mind on the case and on Ian. We can handle. We can handle this alone. It's a bit selfish of her, to be honest. She's thinking of Ian more than... She's not thinking of Susan's safety, because she's like, I can handle this. I'm like, 
where's your evidence for this? We haven't, you know, going, we must make sure Ian isn't killed. Yeah. And you go, what about Susan? She's a prisoner. Yes. The entire reason you and Ian are here is to help Susan. That's how this all started. Yes, and Ian yes. is scheduled to be executed. There's like a, I don't remember when they do it in this episode, but there's like a clock on the wall. He's stuck. He, he's stuck in this stupid room mm. like the whole episode. It's like just looking at it, and they go, "You will that? be executed when the star reaches the, the top, top, or something." And Ian's like, "Great." <laughs> so Ian kind of looks at it, and he's going like, "Really slowly, really slowly up." But yeah, anyway, so the gang they head off. They go right. Where can we start looking? Maybe, but well, Adrian would have known who he worked with. Of course, this is the guard. Said, but hang on a minute. Maybe his wife knew who his friends were. We could go question her. So off they go. Come <laughs> on in, and she goes, "What, what do you want?" Yeah, go, she's um, um yeah, please. Uh, we and we know you're having a difficult time. We're having a difficult time. She says, "Oh yes, I'm sorry about Susan." And they go, "Oh yes, that's all right." You know, we but we just need answers. We need to know. Carla essentially ends up um crying and you know, please, please leave me alone. I'm grieving. And they go, "Okay, we're sorry. You, you must realise this was you know this is the only chance we had." And then they leave. And Carla, um, Carla just takes her hands away. And she's not crying. She's smiling. No. Evil laugh. Evil laugh. She's the bad guy. She goes to the back. Them. She's got Susan. Susan is trapped in another room. Dun, 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 dun. Exactly. Exactly. So the real killer instructs Carla to kill Susan. Thank God, though, Barbara realises something's wrong. Wait a minute. She said, sorry about Susan, but we didn't tell anyone about Susan. So how did she know? Yeah. So they rush back and they manage to save Susan just, just in time. We jump to the doctor now. Looking very depressed outside the courtroom. <laughs> he looks very depressed. He does. He's he like, play some sad music at the top of it. <laughs> you could. I believe he's looking at sort of. He's in his mind. He's back on his holiday. He's like, I can yeah. be on holiday. Don't I'm worry. here with Cheston. And... He, he looks proper defeated. And he defeated. does. Bless him. Um, he doesn't want to admit defeat, but you know, Ian's been sentenced to death. He's kind of, you know, there's not really too much he can do. Um, but yeah, the others return to the doctor and. Strangely enough, he's not actually too angry. He's like, well, what's done is done, as long as the child is safe. Um, he kind of theorises, hang on a minute, Aiden must have been killed by Carla. They go, aha, Ian's saved, because the judge will question Carla, and she'll give the real killer up. But, yeah, so she doesn't. So she points the finger at Ian as her partner, so now he's double screwed. Susan says, you know, Susan tells the doctor that the killer is planning to collect the key, um, because it's what she overheard on the call when she was Carla's prisoner. He said, look, I'll get the key, come and get you, and then we'll get out of here. So they lay a trap, basically, because the doctor knows where the key is. He hasn't told anyone yet, but he knows where it is. So he kind of, they lay a trap, they go, right, we'll wait for him to come. So this man walks in with the gloves, all mysterious, goes into this cupboard where the evidence goes, takes out the mace that had been used as the killer's weapon, and all the lights turn on. It's the prosecutor! Da-da-da-da! da da and they go, how did you know it was in there, Grandfather? He goes, oh, elementary, my dear, elementary. I don't think he ever explains why he knew, but he goes, it's the only place it could have been. And, you know, the, the interrogator goes, yeah, it's true, actually, that's the only thing we didn't scan. Hmm. Yes, they have the maze and they open it up, and the key is inside in a special storage container. I mean, although, and that's just reminded me, the reason why he puts the mace in Ian's hand is not, it's not the same, like, oh, oh, fingerprints and that. It's different here, isn't it? They've got, like, a yes, psychometric system, so it, it knows the last person that held it. Mm-hmm. But interesting. Strange. It is. It's a very strange way of doing things. Um, and obviously quite easy to trick, as shown by this prosecutor. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll touch it and I'll put it in someone else's hands and I won't touch it again. But anyway, they release Ian. Yeah, they're all Ian has gone over happy. his trauma of being executed. He's okay. 
So they decide we can use our dials and head back. Head back. Just Savitha and Altos Altos. Head, Altos. Altos head off first. Yeah, they've already gone. They've taken all the keys with them. Well, they've taken the other three keys. So Ian's got the last one, or the Doctor's got the last one that they've grabbed from the doofer. So um, they're going to go home and see Arbiton. And they disappear. We all know the border there. <laughs> we know the border there. Yes. And they've captured Sabitha and Altos. So and they, they, they have three keys. Meanwhile, the TARDIS crew, they run in, they've run into each other and have a good laugh and joke. Yes. <laughs> they go, ah, oh, lovely to see you, old chap. You know, and they go, sneak around the corner going, who is it? And then oh, they, the doctor. they go, they go oh, oh, it's you. And they have a good laugh about it. And yeah. Um, although, yes, they're kind of wandering around going, you know, where's, where's Sabitha? Where's Altos? Where's, where's, where's Elberton? Um, Actually, tell you what's really what's good about this scene is actually they they do find a vault wandering around. They all kind of stop and they the Doctor and Ian use hand signals silently to kind of set yeah. up a bit of a um, trap for the the vault. It was pretty cool. Yeah, and Doctor clunks him on the back of the head. He does. Yeah, like, Ian's like yeah, you know, it's like proper army. Like you do this, you do this. Like, proper hand signals. Experience, I get it. And the Doctor, oh, yes. and the Doctor's like yes, yes, two, three, four. Yep, got you. So Ian wanders out going, doo, 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 mm. and then the vault comes in. So the Doctor whacks him on the back of the head. Clunk. It's, it's very good teamwork. <laughs> yeah, and then they take his knife. They do, yes. Uh, yeah. Barbara goes, let's take the knife. And the doctor goes, good idea. Give it to me. Thank you. So they split up. You see, Doctor and Barbara head off to look for... Sabitha and Altos. Sabitha and Altos. And the other two go to look for Arbiter. Mm-hmm. Ian and Susan do, but they don't find Arbiter. They find a. They find the Conscious of Marinus, the big machine in the middle of the room. And they find a They find figure. Arbiter, or what they think is Arbiter. Yes. In the cloak, a figure in the cloak of Arbitan. Who won't let them look at them. <laughs> we know it is actually Yartek, the evil leader of the Vol. It is. In disguise. It's very obvious. And it they're is. a bit like, whoa, what, can we come close? Because no, I've been in a terrible accident. So, you must stay away from me. So, where's Sabitha, your daughter and stuff? It's like, oh, she's fine. She's fine. around. And then it goes, now give me the key. And Ian chucks him the key. And then they head off. And then as they're walking away, Susan goes, Should, I did, something was wrong about that. Should you have given him the key? Mm. He's like, I'm not sure. And I thought it was a bit strange because he said about Altos and he should know Altos. He sent him. He sent him. Yes. But, you know, it's forgotten for that moment. They so find the Doctor. The Doctor and, and Barbara, Barbara and Sabitha, Sabitha and Altos. And Altos in a cell. a cell and they've released them. And they go, look, the Vorder in charge. And Ian and, you know, Susan turn up and they go, where's the key, my dear boy? He's given him to him for safekeeping. And Susan goes, he threw it to the doof. I said, why did you do that? And Ian says, no, no, that was a fake key. That was the fake, fake key from, from the other episode. The, episode um, three, the screaming jungle. Exactly. He goes, I thought something was strange about him, so fake key given. So here's the real one. And they go, ha, excellent work, Excellent Ian. work, Ian. And they go, well, wait a minute. Because so wait a minute. If there's a fake key, then the machine will blow up. It's bother. You're right. What a great device. <laughs> what a great device. <laughs> yes, they go, let's get the hell out of here. <laughs> so they leg it. And then Yartek goes, I've won. Ha ha, absolute power is mine. Puts the keys in, and then it blows The whole up. place explodes. The whole place blows up. Yep. It's pretty um, pretty dramatic, pretty... So yeah, that's that. They get to the TARDIS. It's and very realize, quick. Yeah, very quick. They, the Doctor realises that the TARDIS has no force field anymore. They're good to go. And they're leaving the TARDIS, and um, ominous music plays us out. Yes. That's the ending. That's the ending. I don't know why there is ominous music. It's I don't know. It's not a I don't think. It's just ominous music plays. It's just ominous ending. Okay, it's, it's just it's just an end. Yeah, it's just it, and, and that's it does the kind end. of a reverse at the beginning where the TARDIS dematerializes and then it zooms out. Yeah, I mean the one that shocked me a little bit was the well, it actually doesn't shock me because it's William Hartnell, but it was I suppose the Doc taking the knife. He was like, oh yes, give me the knife, I'll take that. Um, he'll take that. Yes. 
he's very violent. Um, I mean, I have seen him to be a bit violent as the third Doctor in fairness, because he knows jiu-jitsu, kung fu, one of those disciplines. I don't actually know what like do. He knew he, that's exactly it. He knows one of those. Um, and he can knock people out then. And of course we've got the fourth Doctor. Um, doesn't he like snap on someone's neck? He does. I remember that. <laughs> yeah, because he's out of high level snaps and neck. And runs off. Runs off. Now, have you seen that YouTube video about all the clips of the Doctor killing people? Probably. He's got like gangster music in it. <laughs> yeah. He comes up and he's shooting people, shooting off runs and whatnot. Yeah, that's great. But anyway, have you, have you got any notes for us today? Yes, I've got a few. Lovely. This one has a funny little moment where a ward enters the room with Sabitha. And, of course, the thing I remember with the ward is they've all got flippers. And, of course, you kind of forget that because you just see the top half. But in this, mm-hmm. he comes flipping in with slippers. And he, he trips on the set and goes, oh, bugger. And then stands up again. And then... <laughs> You know, this whole set wobbles, and he goes, okay, let's carry on. Carry on. That's quite fun. So, a couple of facts here. So, this is one of the only two televised Doctor Who stories by Terry Nation not to feature the Daleks. The other is The Android Invasion, which aired more than a decade later. It's a John Burroughs story, isn't it? I'm not sure. But yeah, so Terry Nation is definitely a Dalek man. Dalek man, indeed. Mm. Although the Vald are the main villains of the story, they only appear in the first and last episodes, The Sea of Death and The Keys of Marinus. Vault remain one of the most mysterious of the Doctor's Abbrous series, as this is revealed about them. However, as we mentioned before, there's the World Shapers, the comic, also there's a sequel, the audio story Domain on the Vault. Also, I believe there is a Paul McGann audio story, with part of Doom Coalition, with the Vault in. Oh, okay. So it's something a bit more recent. Yeah. Fair enough. And it's later revealed in the, the New Adventure story, the, the Seventh Doctor, no future, but the monk was at one point an advisor to the boards. Okay, so they have a little bit of history spattered around the place yeah, in the future. Yeah, and bits and pieces. Interesting. Also, the four doctors, the comic with the 10th, 11th and 12th doctors, is also to do with the board, and it's to do with the boards in the Time War and what they became after the Time War. Fair I quite like what they had in that. That was quite an interesting thing. They were like massive soldiers and their suits were... Like symbiotes, you know, in Spider-Man. A bit like, and I also had yes. part Iron Man suit in Endgame, you know, where it's all like nanobots. It's a bit like that kind of nanobot suit. And it was, it was quite neat. That is quite neat. So, we're going to try something a bit new this week. We, we can do it this week, we've not been able to before. I'm going to talk to you a little bit about um, the Big Finish Cap. Now, for those of you who don't know, Big Finish Cap is in a Doctor Who story, named after the company Big Finish, in which... There is a gap in the narrative in which another story can be placed. Um, often it will be, same with this story, the end of last Marco Bell, beginning of this one, we had a point in which the Doctor and Co. get in the TARDIS, it dematerialises, we don't see what happens next, then they turn up next week and there is a gap in between. Now, over the years of expanding, can all sorts of obscure gaps have been made, uh, but this is a first proper one. So, I've done a bit of research, listeners. So if you're not interested in any of this, you can... Skip a bit to our review, I suppose. Okay, so online, I've been using a website called iSpider. They do an excellent timeline for many things in Doctor Who, including the first Doctor. So this is a gap between the last episode you've listened to, Marco Polo, and this week's episode of the Keys of Marinus. Okay. So there is discussion about whether there actually is a gap here, because Ian is wearing the Marco Polo clothes from last week. However, no one else is, and he could be re-wearing it. Because yes. it's comfy, like it's comfy, exactly, yeah. As we mentioned. So, now in this gap, there are 
nine stories. Fantastic. Fantastic. So I'm going to give you... I am currently in the re- process of reading one novel. Mm-hmm. I have not finished it. I was meant to finish it so I can give a little bit of info on it. But he said I'm going to give you a brief overview of the nine stories. Okay. Bear in mind. So this is what, as we when we've been away, this is what the Doctor, Susan, Ina Barra have been up to. So there is a novel called A Missing Adventure called The Sorcerer's Apprentice. Now this is set immediately after Marco Bello. And where the Doctor and team arrive on a planet filled with fantasy creatures... They are beset by dragons and warlocks and befriend knights and leprechauns. <laughs> okay. It's a magical adventure. Yeah. There is a comic called In Between Times where Ian and Barbara find an art studio in the TARDIS filled with Susan's art, recreations of Earth's classics. It's very Riveting. short. It's a short sort of story one. Next up is a flashback as part of the 10th Doctor comic by IDW called The Forgotten, in which they visit ancient Egypt and the Doctor saves the Pharaoh's life by accidentally blocking a dart with his walking stick. Ooh. Yes, that's quite a short story. Another short story called Who Discovered America, where the team meet Viking Eric the Red and gain his help to travel to America to get to Plutonium to help repair the TARDIS. It's actually written by John Lugarotti, who wrote Marco Polo. It was intended to be a script. Hmm. The Ruins of Time, a short story where the team land on a planet ravaged by a rift in time, which is draining time from people, leaving them frozen. Tell Me You Love Me, a short story where the team lands in Warton, London, in the midst of an air raid. Barbara is haunted by the knowledge her father will die in the war, and the creature feeding off her loves for him. Aww. Yes. An audio, Age of Endurance, where the team lands on an empty ship, bar a dead body, and are thrust into the middle of a slave revolution where one of them is taken prisoner. Ooh, that Ooh. sounds interesting. What's this? Interesting. Age of Endurance. Short comic called The Path of the Skulls, unrelated to the Cave of Skulls, where the team find a skull-adorned shrine to the dead. It is a very short comic, it's like three pages, but it's Fair intentional, enough. it's like part of a flashback. Okay. And there's also a flashback to Susan and Barbara in the Seventh Doctor novel, Tragedy Day. Okay, so there's quite a lot going on. There's quite a lot of references here. This is actually one of the biggest of the gaps in Series 1. Um, mm-hmm. The next big, well, the bigger one than this is after series one, between the end of Reign of Terror and next series. There's a massive gap with loads of audios. <laughs> but between, say, the Aztecs and I think it's the Sensorites after the Aztecs, there's one story. And then after Sensorites and Reign of Terror, there's one story. Then it's Reign of Terror. Then it's a massive gap. Right, okay. Full of loads of stuff. So this is quite a big one for the first one. Sure. So there we go. That's So yes, nine adventures of all sorts of Egyptian and World War Two craziness going on. Well, thanks for that big finished corner, Watson. Right. Hopefully we'll continue that on now it's actually. Now Big Finish has started. Now we've started. We can can carry on. Keep adding more details in. Cool. So shall we move on to the reviews? Yeah, we'll move on to the reviews. We'll ask you some some questions first, if that's alright. Sure. So, we've got um, plot slash writing of the episode. Seven. I quite enjoyed the plot writing of the whole thing, really. I think what stands out for me, which probably gets it as far as it is, is probably the individual episodes in the whole... Just having a little story, I think it's really nice having a little, you know, 20 minute story. Sure. And although I think there's quite a good blend sometimes of the standalone with the serial part, especially episode two, that worked very well. Mm-hmm. I think led to now is probably some of the, the board, I guess, some of that kind of overall villain bits. Yeah. Don't quite gel into all the episodes. That's it for that. Okay, fair enough. How about acting talent? I thought this episode was pretty good, so I was going to say an eight. An eight? Fair enough. I think we had a good couple of episodes with Ian and Barbara, which were very strong. We had mm-hmm. a couple of other episodes. And when the Doctor comes back, he is on top of form. He is. Is it a rest? Is it a break? He is at, well, he is peak energy-wise. 
He's having fun. He's doing smart stuff. He's flying he away. Yeah. Okay. How about what are your thoughts on alien slash villain of the week? I'm really unsure about this. I'm stuck between the six and the seven because I think that hard. Yeah. I was, oh. Okay. Oh. More of a six. Yeah. I was Sorry, I'm putting my views on your views. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Keep going. <laughs> Mind you, I invaded yours last time. You think. did. But yes, Ward for me. What? Yeah, they don't. For this story, they're not. I don't think they're that great. I think there's probably more expanded stuff that do them a bit more justice. But for here, I don't think they're a substantial threat across the stories. But and then, I, but I think the where it hold does well is because you've got a different villain each episode, which allows you to kind of true. That is true. Come up with your own kind of. So you've got that trapper dude who's the potential rapist. Yeah. yeah, and then you've got some branches and you've got slugs <laughs> and. It's a real mesmerant, yeah. proper classic true, that is sci-fi villain, which is a bit. Because it's not fun. just the board, okay? So you think thinking board. six that's, or seven? That's why I was thinking uh, more positive then. Otherwise, I would put it a bit lower if it was just the board. Fair enough. But I think because taking those all into account. So, which one did you go for? Sorry, a seven. A seven. Okay, fair enough. How about a good character episode? Yes, I'd also say an eight for this. Oh, very high, high praise. Yes, yes I think. Because there's a lot of good Doctor stuff and a lot of good, you know, you've got a whole episode of basically just Ian and Barbara. True. You've got a good time to kind of get to know them a bit. I mean, mm. there's not much of Susan in it. She's kind of has a bit in episodes one and two. And a bit of a plus. Yeah. Yeah. Doctor has his good bits. I, I would obviously love to have him in the other episodes as well. But it's worth but, it that he's come back a bit more rege- regenerated. Yeah. Oh. Regenerated. Oh. Oh. <laughs> but basically, I think that's the thing. You don't get much of each character when you do it. It can be quite good. Yeah. Okay. How about what are your thoughts on special effects slash monster prosthetics? Well, I've given this a six. Okay. Fair enough. Yes, I think what's there can be quite... From a, I suppose from a modern point of view, hmm. there are bits that are really good, like the Marinus location shot at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um I think some of the caves and whatnot, um, but then there are bits like some of the models and the board falling down the, the thing and and the little miniature of the, of a house. And, and sometimes I think they were trapped by budget because I would really like an establishing shot, say, of the jungle in episode three. Or you like the, your establishing shots, don't you? I do. <laughs> or the city, you know, because you, in terms of the city one, you are you just turn up in a set and then you're in a different, slightly different set, but you don't really know, kind of know the overall. Like the jungle, they kind of turn up and they go, oh, there's some trees around, and then suddenly they're in a bit of a room, and you kind of don't really get the wider, like, what is this place they're in? Yeah, sure. I, I, I get that. Okay, over to you. So, what are your thoughts on the plot slash writing of the episode? Um, I think I'm going to give that a, a seven. Okay, why a seven? A seven. Well, I think I... Don't get me wrong, there were bits of it that I think, like, I think the courtroom drama was a bit on the weaker side of things, but overall I really enjoyed the the overall arcing plot, um, and I also enjoyed the mini-stories. I think I really enjoyed one, I enjoyed two, three, and four, um, five and six for me when it started to go downhill a bit more, I think because the pace mm-hmm. slowed. Personally, I just really enjoyed the whole adventure thing, and it was quite nice having their own little stories each time. It reminded me, actually, of... Um, you know, have you have you ever heard of the have you ever heard the um the eighth Doctor ones when they're in that other dimension? This is Zagreus. Zagreus, yeah, that's it, Zagreus. Um, so he ends up kind of going into another, I believe it's another dimension or another. Yeah, isn't it the universe with Kerry's? 
It is. It is the universe of Keras. Yeah, he goes into another kind of universe, and it reminds me very much of that because those stories, it is pretty much. I know they're not necessarily short stories, but it's pretty much like one episode. They're like going boom, boom, boom. It's like a big. There's kind of an overarching plot of trying to get out of this place and then they're finding the TARDIS again but it's a lot of one then the next and the next and the next and the next so it reminded me of that and I quite enjoyed that one as well mm. um, yeah so what are your thoughts on the acting talent um I'm probably going to give that one a seven okay why seven to be honest with you I'm not sitting here going something really stood out for me otherwise it would be higher obviously like something like a speech or something really stood out but they were just generally solid performances all around so I'm just going to give it a seven okay Alien slash villain of the week. I think I'm going to have to give this one... Actually, no, I'm going to give this one a six. I was going to go five, but you actually convinced me to go higher. All right. Because I was thinking more of the Vord, but then, of course, I was reminded that actually there were a lot more villains in this than just that. It's one of those things that I marked it really low in Marco Polo, because there was only one that had to sustain an entire story. So I do appreciate that... I do really appreciate that they didn't do that with the Vord. Yes. Because... It doesn't work unless you've got a really interesting villain. It would have been nice to maybe do three of them, give them a bit more backstory, but I think overall I probably it would have it's better that there's more villains in more of the short stories. Yes. Frankly. It does work well. So I'm gonna guess I'm gonna give it a six. Is it a good character episode? I believe so, yes. I'm probably gonna end up giving that one. I'll probably give it a six. Again it's a um it's a, yeah, it's got it's got some decent character moments. Um I do like the Inner Barbara stuff. Um, Barbara has a character moment of I want to be independent and then two minutes later she changes her mind so that goes well for her the Doctor I do like the Doctor he definitely has got some more doctor vibes coming off him I suppose of what we what we would call the Doctor the Doctor he's kind of getting a bit more into that swing of things so yeah yeah I enjoyed that special effects slash monster prosthetics I think I'm going to give this one a five actually which may sound a bit harsh I mean I, I understand there's quite a few sets but I, I do think some of it was a bit poor. I think I, I didn't really enjoy the whole board, um, personally. I don't think the flippers were very good. My, <laughs> I don't know. I just, it just didn't really click with me. Um, some bits were really good. That's why I've kind of given it sort of a, a five, because it's kind of it's like a half and half. And some bits weren't good. Like some of the model stuff wasn't that great. It was very difficult to work out what they were kind of getting across. Um, some of the stock footage, obviously, was a bit meh. And also, of course, the falling down. Also, I was going to say, actually, I think you mentioned the caves were okay, but that was something that really stood out for me as being really very poor. Oh, which, okay. actually, the, one of the cave ones and the Dalek ones wasn't anywhere near as poor as that. But I think it's because, of course, they had to take off, like, icicle things, and it was just a oh, bit... Yes. Yeah. It's, it's not it's not the worst in the world, because I am allowing for time and stuff, but it's, it's not the best. There's good bits and there's bad bits. Okay, so that's our, that's our overall rating down, I suppose. Yeah. Yes, overall, we... Quite enjoyed it. Yeah, quite enjoyed it. Design keys and Maris. Yeah. So next up, we have the Aztecs. I've heard of this one. Have you seen it? That's next episode's thing. Remember? Yeah. That's when we talk about it. But no, I've not seen it. I've just heard the name. I know it as a Doctor Who story uh, name. Yes, I have seen it. Lovely. So four episodes long. So long. I assume it's going to be about Aztecs. Who knows? We'll find out. Find out. We'll find out next week. <laughs> next time. Yeah. Th- thanks for listening, guys. Yeah, another long one. Thanks for thanks sticking through. You'll be glad to know next one's four episodes. Four episodes should be a bit shorter. Yes. See you next time. Right. See you next time. Bye.